0: Hello there and welcome to the Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health Orthopaedics. Now with international football very much at centre stage, we thought we would absolutely take advantage of MNUFC 2. If you're unaware, the new MLS Next Pro League is underway this weekend and Minnesota United very much will play their part in it with MNUFC too. So we thought we'd bring, ironically, two individuals who have absolutely played their part in making sure this team gets off the ground. Head coach Cameron Knowles joins us, as well as Vice President of Soccer Operations Alex Derosa. Chaps, uh, thank you very much for joining us, really appreciate it. How are we? Uh, a little stressed i'm assuming heading into the first week <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're
1: good man thanks for having us it's exciting that absolutely. we're finally here
0: yeah but it is exciting isn't it you know the fact that you guys have been building up to this for so so long and now we're here we're just a few days away from that very first game
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know six months ago when you know it's happening and it seems so long you know in the distance that it's not going to come to fruition and then even you know when we start the year and you start pre-season, pre-season seems long and then now it seems like it's all gone in the blink of an eye and you know, here we are a few days away from jumping on that plane and and heading out to the first game. So,
0: um, Alex, I'll I'll ask you, this has been in the works for, for some time, but I can't imagine how difficult it's been, not only preparing a completely new team, you're also operating in a completely new
2: league as well. How has that been? Yeah, it's, um, as you said, a new, a new team in a new league leads to just more variables. So, um, The league likes to say they're um, building the airplane as they're flying it, which um, makes things interesting. But I think we've, you know, we're really thankful to have Cam around, who with his experience with T2, has been through this before. So when you look around, Cam's got a great base of knowledge to just say, you know, here is what our general expectations were previously through my experience in the second division and it's really allowed us to hopefully get a jump and, and, and replicate some of what he did in the past and, and put our own Minnesota twist on it. So.
0: Before we get into to your experience with T2, because that is absolutely crucial heading in uh, to this campaign, how have you put this roster together? I, I can't imagine it's been easy over the course of, of the last couple of months in particular as well. No, it's
1: not easy, and listen, it's never easy. Now, The benefit you usually have is you're looking to add, you know, two or three players to an existing roster of players, to a foundation that's already in place you might know that you need a certain position and that's a priority for you throughout preseason or trialists that come in. Uh, Coming in with a completely blank slate is great, uh, but also extremely challenging too because you also have now a lot of players on trial in a lot of different positions and to give everyone the opportunity to put their best foot forward um, takes time, you know, and it's difficult. So I think the players that we've added to this point, we're really excited about, you know, and they've done really well over the course of preseason. Um, And while we don't have a long list of signed players still, um, you know, we're really excited about the ones we do have. And and that's important too. We have to be intentional about how we go through these signings. And, you know, as we go on year two, year three, and, and we have that foundation behind us, it becomes a little bit easier. But at the moment with every team filling out a roster, you know, competition for a lot of players is very difficult.
0: Al, where are you looking when you're first presenting um, to whoever you have to present to the opportunity of bringing in a player because as, as Cam has said, this is a completely new roster, so, so where are you looking to bring in certain players from?
2: Yeah, I think it, it is a, a unique build I would say, Cam, Cam made a good point it's a new roster, but we don't have a new system of players, right? So the first place that you really can start when you say, how do we want to put this together? You're able to look at the first team players, the younger first team players that you're very excited about, excited about that maybe don't have an opportunity right now and make sure, okay, let's pencil them in and, and make sure we don't block them with somebody that we really, you know, want to make an outside investment in. And then you look below the reserve team at the academy and you try to say, okay, who do we think, oh, you know, over the next six to twelve months, needs an opportunity? So while this the reserve team slate was blank, you at least had a you know an entire system of players that you could go and mix and match with. So, and as Cam said too, the second. I would say that was our first way of looking at it and the second thing we kept in our mind cuz it is very easy especially as you're looking at the first game to say we just need to fill a roster I think you know the technical group of Mark Amos, you know Manny Cam, Adrian of course were really good about saying let's only sign people that we think have a first team chance and that we feel really good about their chances of progressing in the system. So let's not fill out a you know a, an 18 to 20 man roster. Mm knowing that we do have the first-team players we can lean on who are coming down and and an academy group that we're pretty excited about as well.
0: But you have made signings this year with this team in mind, though, with success in this mind. So who who have you gone out and signed with that mindset, and and what sort of players are you looking at with that mindset?
2: Yeah, I would say we have eight currently signed to this group. And maybe Cam and I can double-dip here and go back and forth so we don't... Uh, have me talking too much on the eight players because I think Cam's opinion on these guys is really good. He's out there watching, training every single day, so he'll have some really good insights on it. Um, the first player that we signed to this group was a player named Tommy Williamson, who was a San Jose Earthquakes draft pick last year, um, had some success on loan in uh, the USL Championship with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, we looked at Tommy and said he's somebody who scored, you know, at the equivalent level before, you know, was a first-round draft pick. Um Domestic, of course. Um, The second player we added was uh, a center back named Jason Ramos. He's coming from USL1. He was in the USL1 team of the year. Um, So we feel like, you know, really with those two getting some foundational pieces up the middle, um, and from there added Emmanuel Iwe, who is a local player. Um, He's a left-sided attacker who the staff feel really good about, ironically, was added in the uh, open tryout that we held back in February for this group. So um, when you're looking at the start of the year and, and looking at an open tryout situation, you know, that's why you do it because you never know what you're going to get at the end of it. Uh, and then the fourth player that we signed to this group uh, was another center back named C.C. Uche, who was with um, drafted by LAFC. He was in with the Las Vegas Lights last year. So again, you know somebody up the middle, championship, USL championship experience.
0: Let's get into pre-season and even prior to that, I'm glad you brought up the open tryout because as the head coach of the team, Cameron, I can't imagine what it must have been like you looking out on legitimately fields and fields of players wanting to play for your team. How, How do you come to a decision about individuals when you've got legitimately hundreds of players in front of you? It's really difficult.
1: You know, and I I said it to all the players when they came in, I give themselves a lot of credit because they put themselves in a situation where they're going to be judged. You know, and not everyone will do that. And that's that's a hard thing in and of itself, to try and stand out in a group of, you know, 80 to 100 players. Um, And we tried to give them the best opportunity they could by, you know, playing a lot of games, not running them into the ground to where, you know, they couldn't move. And, um, you know, guys had a really good respect for each other during that. And, you know, what we're looking for is... Who can who can make a difference? What's the immediate standout? And I think that's where Emmanuel caught everyone's eye is, you know, he's athletically, you know, very, very high up there in his ability to change pace and take guys on 1v1 and top end pace is good. And then he, he has a final product, you know, he's getting crosses in the box, he's getting shots on goal. And so he stood out amongst that group to where, okay, let's see how he does this afternoon. You know, let's see how he does tomorrow. Okay, day three is coming to keep it going. And he did you know and he kept sort of growing into it and that's not to discount there was a number of players you know and there's probably from that initial week we brought two into into training with the first team um into preseason, and you know Emmanuel ended up getting signed but I think there's probably a group of I would say eight to ten that we could have brought in and had in training with us in preseason, no problem that would have been really comfortable and so it's hard and it's really unfair, I feel like, to judge guys based on, on that. You know, you don't know what a guy – he might not have slept, he might not have – you know, he might have rolled his ankle. We had guys that had had COVID the week before that were still trying to come out and put their best foot forward. And, you know, we'll, hopefully we get some of those right and we can include some local guys that, that come from that. And I know that we'll get some wrong and there'll be players that will go on and will have great careers, you know, and I hope that's the case. You just want to see guys get an opportunity to play that are hungry for it. And have the ability for it and, and hopefully that's a mechanism for us to, to provide that for guys here.
0: I'm sure the players that you you did sign there was a wry smile on their face when you announced to them that you were going to give them a contract but how difficult is it as a head coach to, to look an individual in the eye and say you you were good in training you you were okay during the trial but we're, we're not going to give you a contract how difficult is that? Look it's the hardest thing you know and it's the hardest thing because you know that
1: all they want to hear is the truth. You know, and so you have to be quite short with it. And then you also know that once you've told them that you're not signing them, that the rest is just noise. You know, and as much as you want to provide constructive feedback and what can be next, there's just this noise, Mm. you know, because the disappointment, and I've been through it. I've been on trial and not made a team, and I've stood in their shoes. I know how hard that is to put yourself out there, to think and look around. Man, I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Ah, And it might be the first no that they've had. It might be the 15th. You know and everyone's in a different different place with that some of those guys might have played games professionally already and i know some had that came into our trial that a year two years three years of professional experience under their belt that think listen if i just show well i'm a shoe in here and so y- letting guys down is is the hardest thing um and so it's always interesting for me to keep following some guys you know that we're really really close mm. and and you see how they do and you know we had it we've had it when i was in portland come full circle you know a guy that for trials we said no listen it's not gonna work out and I mean five years later we ended up signing the kid and doing really well for us and so it's yeah it's tough. It's really tough. The easy thing is giving people the good news. Okay. You know the hard thing is always delivering the bad.
0: So the question for both of you now is how was pre season? I, I was fortunate enough to watch the team against Ford Madison in a, a scrimmage last week and the team looked good, they looked fit, they looked ready. How was the rest of preseason for the group? Yeah, it's been good, you
1: know, and and it's been so challenging um, because we've had trialists come and go. We've had a really small group of um, signed players. We've had academy players in with us as well. Uh, But I think overall, when you look at the support that we've received from um, the rest of the organization, it's been great. I mean, our assistant coach arrived yesterday. Our goalkeeper coach arrived three days ago. Um, You know, we started day one with myself, an athletic trainer, and an equipment manager. You know, and we're slowly adding we'll have a strength and conditioning coach in a couple of weeks. We'll have, you know, a few more players. And so it's every week I feel like we've got closer and closer to being being a team. But I think the patience, the attitude um, from the players, the help from the rest of the organization, from the academy staff coming out and helping us, um, you know, academy players coming in and, and providing a good test for our guys to keep the level high has been really, really good. And I think we saw that in in the last few preseason games. You know, the guys have, have performed well and they've taken the opportunities that are in front of them. Even when it's, you know, we had six guys, eight guys, sorry, out on the field today, this afternoon, because we had a group that played that were doing a regen. Eight guys on the field that really went for it. You know, that saw, you know what, this is 45 minutes where I get to try and be better. And I think as long as we can continue that moving forward, then then guys will continue to to grow and develop and give themselves a chance to show, show what they can do.
0: Al, I'll, I'll ask you as... A local boy from here how much are you not necessarily relying on but how much are you looking and watching local soccer
2: in Minnesota for players you know that's a good question I I would say to be truthful we're still building out our scouting network for this right you know I think we've through Amos and Mark's work with the first team have a pretty good philosophy for the types of players we want to sign right and the different player profiles through Knowles group underneath and the academy group, I think they have a really good feel for what players, not only within the Minnesota United system, but around the state of youth soccer are standing out. And we have really good connections with all the local universities, right? So we already have the structure in place to hopefully um, only increase opportunities for local players getting in through, whether that be eyes on the college game, eyes on the youth game, and then... Obviously, you know, Mark and Amos at the highest level, making sure that, you know, we leave no Minnesota stone unturned. So,
0: You mentioned the, the youth academy. Um, it's been running here for a while now, and we've just seen some uh, young players join the, the first team. We've seen uh, Devon Padelford sign a, a first-team MLS contract. Cam, how, how much are, are you as the head coach looking at the youth team and saying, right, we can give three or four lads a real opportunity to play first-team football here? Yeah, listen,
1: I think it's critical. I think it's critical. We've got to be the team that connects the dots for them. And, you know, we've had a, a large group of those guys in training right now with us. Uh, and some of them, is, uh, you know, on the on the older end that are aging out of the academy, that we want to give them the best opportunity to say, listen, is this a pathway for them? Should they sign a second team deal? And then bringing in some of the younger guys And You know, that's, that's a little more challenging because of their commitments to school during the day and things like that. But if we can get them in, you know, here and there through spring break over the summer and start getting eyes on, you know, the 17s and the 15s and some of the, the kids in those younger, younger age groups that we know we're going to have more time with, that we can be intentional about how we expose them to the professional environment and to, you know, our training and our games as we go. And that's, that's the biggest hope is that we have a good foundation of the team that supports both first-team players, uh, the younger first-team players coming down and, and getting valuable game time. But also gives us, you know, stability to bring in, you know, academy players at the right time, instead of just throwing them into the fire and saying, right, sink or swim, you know, giving them the time and the, the opportunity to, to be successful and, and to be deliberate about that. So, you know, I think it's been good so far. We've, had, we've seen, seen a lot of those players and obviously having their staff involved with us as well as help build those relationships. So, you know, it's, it's great.
0: When injury takes you out of the game, it's time for your team to step up. At Atlanta Health Orthopaedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers. With convenient locations, virtual options, and an app that gives you 24-7 access to your records, test results, and care team, you're always close to the care that you need. Schedule now at alanahealth.org slash ortho. No doubt the first team will rely on you guys to produce young talent, hopefully, for the future. But how much are you relying on the first team for players moving forward in the immediate future?
1: Well, I think it's two ways. I mean, you know, Alex touched on it in the beginning. Um, we knew that there are a good group of, of younger players on the first team roster that need time. You know, and we and we expect those guys to be playing with us, you know, fairly regularly. Now, the hope is that they get to a point where they're knocking on the door, you know, and of the first team and, and getting minutes with the first team. But they have to... Cross this one before they can get to the next one, and so having guys that might have gone on loan for a handful of games, or might not have gone on loan at all in the past, to have them here and know that they've got the ability to get, you know, up to twenty-four games in the regular season is is great for us, great for those players, Um, and yeah, we will rely on the first team; they all rely on us. But that's the whole benefit of having the second team here, and it's not just week to a week and looking at games; it's daily in training. You know, I mean, we were able the first couple of weeks of preseason when the first team went on the road and played a game, and we were able to come back on a you know Monday or a Tuesday and go 11 v 11 and give some other guys a good a good blow that needed that time at the beginning of the season to be ready for MLS games. Um, any given day on training, you know, there's there's back and forth of a group of players that might come from the second group and go up to the first, or the first team and come down, and based on daily needs. And I think that's. You know, we're we're really getting into a good rhythm of what that looks like early in the week, later in the week, and it will only get better as we as we go on.
0: Maybe this is an irrelevant question, given how quickly everything has has come together. But where are you as the head coach in terms of style and how you want this team to play? Are you getting advice? Are you getting instructions from the first team or, or do you have a specific way that you want to play?
1: No, look, I think it's a lot of that is in collaboration with the first team, you know, because we need to make sure that when a player comes down from the first team, it's not something that's completely different. We need to know that when a player goes up to the first team, that, again, it's not something completely different, that they're being evaluated essentially in the same system so that we know, okay, he can do that, that role with the second team. Let's see if that translates to the first team. So... You know, while it won't be identical, um, there will be some similarities for sure. Um, and my biggest thing is just creating that environment for these guys that they understand their role, they understand what's expected for them. And, and a lot of it is how do you go from being, an, a lot of these are uh, amateur players, either coming from college or coming from the academy that will have a lot of influence over, how do you go from that to being a professional? What does that look like day to day? You know, not just system style and stuff like that, your role on the field, but you know, your nutrition, your training habits and things like that. And so merging that experience of the first team players that come down and train with us with the younger players and their enthusiasm and whatnot, they all have a, a lot to offer in, in creating what that environment looks like.
0: Al, given all of that and knowing what the first team wants, do, does that, from your point of view, influence at all when you look at a potential signing?
2: To a little bit of what Cam's point is, and, and one thing that, to go back a little bit, one thing that really started out, Is the actual integration that we're trying to build so when you go out and try to recruit somebody for a second team the first question that you get from any player or or any agent is is he gonna get a chance to be seen by the first team right so when you're going out and approaching a player it's been very easy you know from Mark's standpoint my standpoint Amos's standpoint because it's a very honest answer it's yes when we look at how the preseason progressed the one thing that stood out to me we had five Mm -hmm. exhibition matches and we had our entire first team staff at every single match. So when you're going out and talking to people who want opportunities, it's really easy to transparently say, well, they're going to get looked at not only by our second team staff, but our first team staff. So, so that opens up doors um, to the player pool that you can actually bring in. And, and it really makes the first team players who are coming down that much hungrier to go out and give Cam an honest effort and perform because they know, you know this is a real opportunity. When you look at the sidelines and we're playing Creighton and, you know, it's a closed-door friendly, but you see the four coaches and you see Adrian giving instruction on the sideline, you know, that that gets people motivated. Cam, this is
0: completely different, I'm assuming, to your experience with Portland Timbers 2, where you were wildly successful. You developed so many players that went in to have fabulous Major League Soccer careers Apart from the obvious, what, what have been the main differences from, from that experience to, to this?
1: Uh, I mean, the biggest challenge is going back to a new team in a new league, you know, and that's the biggest thing. Even coming into this weekend, you know, y- you don't know what every other team is going to look like, hmm. you know, and so there's always an element of focusing on yourself and what you do, but there's there's also the other element of focusing on the opposition and, and you know, game planning a little bit for that and what's that going to look like? And I think for everyone in this league, we're all waiting to see what everyone's doing. Um, you know, how how is their roster going to be constructed? How how much are they going to rely on younger players? How much are they going to rely on older players? How many players are they going to sign to independent uh, contracts, you know, with, with their second teams? And so there's just so much unknown, you know, and, and going into... Uh, the USL seasons with an MLS two team in the past, you at least knew because again the structure of a team remained the same. They might trade out three or four players. You know they might have one big marquee signing in the off season, and you know all of those things. Um, but that's that's completely different here. You know, so there's the unknown of our own team and figuring out who we are and what we're about, and also waiting to see what what everyone else is about as well.
0: People know what you're about as a head coach, I feel. Um, go on, I've been dying to ask you this for ages. G- give us some of your names that, that you enjoyed working with at T2 that went on to have wonderful MLS careers. Oh, man. <laughs> Naming names is
1: horrible <laughs> because you always forget someone. Yeah. But listen, what I will say is there were a number of players, and I think there there were guys that fit uh, multiple categories. Mm-hmm. You know, there were the initially, and it's a similar thing to here, how do we get guys that are on the back end of of a roster on an MLS roster, get them into the first team, help them with their managing that situation of being out of the team and having to come and play these games. Um, you know, Eric Williamson, Jeremy Ibbotsey, Foster Langsdorf. You know, they're already signed to first team contracts, but they're coming and playing games. How can we get them to a point where they're regular or ready for when the ha- when the opportunity presents itself with that uh, with the first team? Then we, you know. Marvin Laurier, um, Renzo Zambrano, guys that were very, very good USL players signed to USL contracts that we thought, you know, these guys might have a real good chance um, to get to the first team. And even, you know, similar to, to how f- we have Fred Hare, a young goalkeeper, when we had Hunter Salt in, in Portland who had come through the academy and needed a test at the next level, you know, to see whether whether he was going to be able to kick on and, and get that homegrown contract that he ultimately ended up getting. And so, it's trying to fill all those buckets, you know. Some exciting international players um, that might not be quite ready for the first team, and you want to see how they adjust. The the first team younger players on the roster that just need time and need games and need to settle in a little bit, you know. And then the academy players coming up. So can we can we help in all those different areas, you know? And that's that's probably what, when I look back at it, I was most excited about is I felt like, you know, in Portland we were able to do a lot of those a lot of those
0: things. I'm glad you brought up Fred Emmings because, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems as though he certainly won that we'll get a lot of minutes under you over the next 12 months.
1: Yeah, we hope so. I mean, listen, Fred with COVID and, um, you know, the season being difficult to get players out on loan and things like that. He's a guy that's missed a lot of games. You know, he's developed really well with Stu and training and being around some great goalkeepers with the first team and... Learned a lot, grown a lot, matured a lot, you know, as a person and and physically as well over his time here. Uh, Even in the year that I've been, I mean, it's in tremendous growth in him. But, you know, now he needs to learn in games. He needs to make mistakes in games and understand what he is capable of and comfortable with and uncomfortable with and how to organize a team in front of him. And all those things take time, you know, and they take learning and and mistakes. And um, we're fortunate that we have the opportunity now for him to get those games.
0: You're listening to Sound of the Looms, presented by Alina Health Orthopaedics. By the way, uh, you can watch all of the MLS Next Pro games on MLSNextPro.com. Every single game streamed this year. Al, um, if you would, tell us a little bit about MLS Next Pro, because it's come out of absolutely nowhere, at least for, for those of us on the outside. I'm sure you've been <laughs> looking uh, into this for a long, long time. But, but if you would, just give us a, a brief insight into what this league is about and what it will look like.
2: So... Uh, The MLS uh, is going to have not every single franchise join this year, but a majority. And I don't know the number off the top of my head, but upwards of 21, 22 franchises are going to be in this, as well as uh, one independent franchise, the Rochester Rhinos, owned by uh, Jamie Vardy, Vardy, amongst others. And um, I think the MLS is opening the door for potentially future independent teams. But really, the goal in year one in 2022 is to get the league stood up. And you know when we look at it internally, we really view this as a, a great technical initiative. So um, I think the MLS, first and foremost in 2022, how do we get games done in a way that maximizes development with the eye to grow? And you mentioned all the games being streamed and broadcasted. I think you know, one of the big things that the MLS went around to each team and was really thorough with was from a venue standpoint, where are you playing? What is the experience you're going to give to fans? And they were very intentional about saying, this is not a behind-closed-door operation. You know, we want to use this to help grow your local brand. So um, from a season standpoint, we're going to be starting, obviously, this Saturday, March 26th. Then we're going to go through the second weekend of September, 24 matches, uh, 12 home and 12 away, uh, with a pretty even split of Allianz Field and NSC. So when we were looking about where do we where do we play our matches this year, we had a good problem, because some teams were looking and saying, how do we figure out a venue? Well, we had two really good homes. I don't need to, you don't need to hear me say all the praises about Allianz Field. It's an incredible stadium. We're really fortunate to have that as an option in the start of the year. We've also looked at the NSC, and this has been a home for Minnesota Soccer for a long time, and it's our day-to-day home. Um, it's really where the players and technical staff go to work every day. So we wanted to make sure that we honored that history a little bit and and tried to get some games up here at the National Sports Center Stadium. So we'll have a pretty even split amongst the 12 home games. And from a timing standpoint, I think, you know, MLS is making sure that these games aren't being played over nationally broadcast MLS matches. We targeted from a date selection, the day following a first team game as much as we could, to give cam as much of an opportunity to draw from first team players as possible um and and uh, you know if it's a first team versus second team player selection standpoint you know you're always going to be more conservative with players you might play at the first team level so by backing games up on the back end of first team games hopefully we can expand the amount of players to game selection so.
0: and uh, of course you can get all your ticket information on mnufc.com what of this weekend then cam away to North Texas, the first ever game for MNUFC 2. It's exciting, but how have you been able to prepare? I know we're still early in the week, but how have you been able to prepare? What should you expect heading into that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it is early in the week. It is exciting though, you know, because you go and play these exhibition games through preseason and, you know, it's hard to get up for it. Well, not hard to get up for it, but it's different, right? You're playing for points now. playing for a spot on the table and ultimately playoffs at the end of the year and, and all of that matters a little bit more. And what I've been trying to impress upon the players is, you know, I think this team, this Dallas team, is going to be one of the better ones we face. Um, you know, North Texas has always been good. Um, Dallas has a great academy. Palmadu Carr is an excellent coach, mm. you know, and he was a player when I was in Portland. Um, and no surprise to see him get into coaching and to do really well at it, you know, and what he did – in um, the Canadian Premier League was exceptional. And so I know that his team is going to be organized. I know that, you know, how much of himself he puts into his players and how passionate he is about player development. Um, and, and you'll see that with, with his team. You know, you'll see that in the way that those guys play. And so I expect a really tough test against a very organized team and to see some exciting young players on their end, Um you know, whether they've come through their academy or their independent signings, they're, they're going to have a good group, you know, and it will be a tough test. And I think that's the biggest message to our players is, you know, be ready because, you know, come, come Saturday night, it's going to be the real deal, you know, and they'll have fans in the stands and they'll come out and support their team. And um, it's not like to what Alex was saying, it's not a behind closed doors, let's just get 90 minutes. And, you know, this is, this means something, you know, and it's going to mean a lot to the opposition and it's going to mean a lot to us. And I think we'll end up with a really good game.
0: Last couple of questions for you both because uh, I know time is tight and you're trying to put a roster together and get things going for the first ever game. Um, But I I asked you this before, Cam, when you were announced as the head coach of MNUFC2 and I'll ask you again now because a certain amount of time has passed by since. In in your, and this question for both of you, in your roles, is your primary objective to assist the first team and provide players and produce players or is it to win?
1: I think everyone's role in the organization is to help the first team, you know, and that's what we all work back from, you know, is to support the first team in the best way we can. Now, I don't think that has to be mutually exclusive from winning because helping the first team get a player means that player knows what to do in the 95th minute, you know, of a game with the ball. How do you kill a game? How do you manage that? How do you manage a one nil lead? How do you come back from 2-0 down? Uh, what does that look like? So I think... We still have to prepare the players with a game plan, with a plan to win, and through that help them develop and learn from those moments in the game. Because you cannot simply, I don't think, deliver a player to the first team that hasn't been tested in that way. You know, and the older you get, 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s, as you get closer to the pointy end of, of on the cusp of being a first team player, you know, the balance just shifts a little bit more. There's always development. There's always a little bit of winning, you know, because everyone that's the internal innate competitive nature of any athlete, Um, and you can't just switch that off. But it's, you know, balancing that with are we meeting these goals within the game, within your individual development plan so that you are ready... Individually collectively a team to be say yeah, I know what to do I know and and we're confident of saying hey Adrian. I, I think you need to look at this guy hmm. You know, this is a really interesting kid and he's done really really well and he manages these moments of the game really really well uh, And I think you can or at least while it's
2: difficult to achieve both. You can certainly strive for it
0: Al I'm assuming not much to disagree with though?
2: No, I thought that was a great answer. It was thorough obviously I would say I um, We're thankful in that when we were building this, we were given two pretty clear objectives as what are your priorities, right? Uh, The first was support the first team, have a vehicle for players who are coming back from injury, younger players who we want to get better looks at, um, provide them opportunity really for the first team. The second objective was from a academy standpoint, connect that pipeline, give Minnesota kids, give anybody in our system the vehicle to progress, because Cam touched on this earlier and I thought it was such a good point. It was one of the biggest surprises that I had going into the roster build. Cam said, you don't want to just throw kids into this because you may be thinking you're progressing their development, but if they're not ready, um, you're only going to hurt the development of those academy players by throwing them into the wrong environment. So we want to provide a platform for these kids to to see the second team as a legitimate pathway and, and see the stepwise progression up. The full stop, those are the, those are the two main objectives in 2022. And winning, as Cam said, intertwined in both of those individual objectives.
0: MLS Next Pro is where you can see MNU FC2 take on North Texas SC this weekend on Saturday evening. Final question for you both. The, the games will be available on streaming, as we've just said. But also you mentioned games at Allianz Field, games here at the National Sports Center as well. Uh, Cam as the head coach, if you would, a message to the fans that will be coming out to support your team?
1: Yeah, I mean, come out. Come out and support the team. You know, and see, see some of these players that maybe you haven't seen a whole lot of that are on the first-team roster and some of the younger guys coming through. And I think it's a great way for us to connect with supporters that maybe don't necessarily have weekly access to first-team games that may be sold out. And, you know, especially when we come up here at NSC, uh, I mean, I live here in Blaine. I'm excited for this community to be exposed to you know, Minnesota United and and what we've got. And there's so many kids up here that play and and so much excitement about the team that to have something that's just a bit more accessible, I think is a great, great way to get maybe your first experience or to continue deepening your experience with the team.
0: Tickets available at mnufc.com. My thanks as always to head coach Cameron Knowles, really appreciate it. Vice President of Soccer Operations Alex Dorosa, and expert button presser Andrea Correa for being with us today as well. And very much uh, thank you for listening at home as well. Saturday evening then, you know what you'll be doing. MLSnextpro.com, MNUFC2 away to North Texas. From all of us here, we'll see you soon.